Hello and welcome to Purpose, Passion, and Spark. I'm your host, Brad Sullivan. Thank you for joining. Another great episode for you. And I want to start off by saying that this has just been an awesome experience and I'm getting a lot of positive feedback. So thank you so much. Please reach out. My website is www.pvtandspark.com. There's a place there where you can send me emails, ask questions, and I will do shows on any of those questions and I would be happy to do it. So thank you so much. So moving forward, I work in the mental health field and I have a lot of clients ask me, they're like, Brad, what is going to hurt me on this journey? What are things I should avoid? And I think it's a great question. I think it's something we don't ask or talk about very often. So I want to just discuss some points here. Forgive me if I go on a little long, but uh, I think these are very important. So let's discuss them. First thing is this idea of multitasking. I think uh, if you work in the corporate world or you're a single parent or just a parent in general, this idea of multitasking, doing two things at once. But I believe that hurts us on our forward movement on this growth. So let's make sure that we avoid doing two things at one time. Good little tip that I have on how to counteract that. If I have multiple tasks that I need to do, sometimes it's unavoidable. You got a crying baby and you pick it up and you're still cooking. Well, you got to do both. But what I find is sometimes if we just tend to one of the things and then move on to the next, we'll have better outcomes and a better experience. We can't give our energy in two different areas at the same time. We actually end up fractioning ourselves, and that's not good. And nor are we going to do anything in excellence. So I want to challenge you to change your thinking of this idea of perfectionism to the idea of excellence. Because I can do things in excellence I can't be perfect. Perfect's in the dark. That's unhealthy. Excellence is in the light. That's being the best I can at this moment of time doing this task or this situation or this job. So when we have multiple things to do, so if I have two things to do, what I want to do is I set a timer. I do one at a time. So maybe I have two tasks that need to be done over two hours. I set my timer for 50 minutes. I do an excellence for 50 minutes. I put my phone aside. I'm not answering texts or phone calls. It is okay. If someone texts, you can text them back in 30 minutes. It's not a big deal. Finish what you're doing. It'll give you peace and comfort while you're doing this and you're just doing this task. And then maybe you finish, maybe you don't. Maybe you find a good finishing point. You can pick it up later tomorrow. Then you take 10 minutes. 10 minutes, I breathe, I stretch, eat a snack. Or maybe I hop on social media and I flip some of those great puppy videos that are out there that I love so much. So I do that for 10 minutes. Just kind of give a completion to that task and move on to the next. So let's start avoiding and moving away from this multitasking idea. Do one task at a time. And I find the outcome, and I think you'll find this too, you'll be more successful. You'll be more rested. You have more energy. You'll feel more dialed in to the task you're doing. So if someone comes in and says, stop what you're doing, I need to do this right now. It's okay to say, hey, let me find an ending point here. And this will be the next thing I do. And then even take that time. Maybe it's a few minutes. I had this happen at a job. I need to do this right now. Okay, give me one second. I'm going to use the restroom. And I'm going to come back in and knock this out for you. Sometimes I go to the restroom and sometimes I just take a minute to breathe. Sometimes I do my 
anxiety, breathing exercise. I did an episode on that. That's the four, seven, eight. Sometimes I just do that. Come back to the task. The next thing I want to avoid is speed. So a lot of things say, and I don't mean the drug, I mean doing tasks fastly. So I think there's a difference between speed and efficiency. I want to be efficient in the things I do. I don't want to be redundant, but I also don't want to rush through it and go crazy. That's when mistakes happen. I find the quicker I rush and try to do something, a lot of times I mess something up, I get hurt physically, you know, I'm doing a task, I'm going to do this quickly. That's when mistakes happen. So take your time, do it efficiently, but don't rush. Don't have speed. Apathy is a big one. Apathy is a big one. I have a lot of people come to me, apathy and just not really caring. I don't really care about that. And a lot of times, maybe that's false, maybe it's a lie, but we need to check that. The next one, and I'm a big component of this, and if you spend any time around me or talk to me, I'm a big person about your comfort zone and getting outside of it. So comfort is going to kill your forward movement in this journey. And I think you talk to anyone that's been doing this a long time, they're going to tell you that all the growth comes outside of your comfort zone. So I look at it like a circle. Everything inside this circle is where I'm comfortable. Maybe I'm comfortable isolating. Maybe I'm comfortable not confronting people, not setting boundaries, not eating well, not going to the gym, not putting myself out there. Um, Many years in the mental health field, I worked with relationships, people pre, post, and during. And what I find is people are like, oh, I want to be in a relationship. I want to do this. But they don't want to step outside their comfort zone and put themselves out there because it's scary. And rejection hurts, and it's hard not to take that personal. But we're never going to find the things we're work- looking for if we're not stepping outside of our comfort zone. I do that in the gym. So for a long time... I was going to the gym. I was just kind of lightly walking on a treadmill and there's benefits to that, but I was trying to feel better physically, not so much on looks, but more importantly, like I wanted to feel better. My hips, my knees, I'm an ex college football player. So I have a lot of injuries and I just wasn't feeling great moving around and I'm a natural athlete. I've been my whole life and it was depressing to me. So I was going to the gym. I'm not really lifting anything heavy. I'm not really moving any weights. I wasn't getting in outside of my physical comfort zone. I wasn't seeing any results. I was like, well, better off staying home. So I need to push myself a little bit. There's times to go on a stroll and that's fine. But if I'm going to be at the gym and my goal and my intent is to feel better physically and start getting a little muscle mass and losing some fat, if that's what I'm trying to do, then I got to push myself outside that comfort zone. So I ask you the question, have you had experiences in your life where you went outside of your comfort zone and there was a great growth experience? Now, I'm not saying every time you go outside of your comfort zone, this magical thing's going to happen. You're going to get what you want. It's going to be the perfect outcome. It's going to be a lot of learning there. And sometimes the lesson learned is that I just did it. Hey, I was capable of doing this. One more quick example was I needed to set, uh, a guideline, also known as boundaries, I like to use the word guideline instead of boundaries, with somebody. And it's uncomfortable for me. It's not in my comfort zone. I don't like to tell people no. You know, I'd like people to think fondly of me. I like people to like me. It's something I've been working on for many years. Now it's gotten better. 
there's still a few people in my life I struggle saying no to. And it's not that person's fault. They're going to continue to ask. People are who they are. So they're going to continue to ask. And if I say yes, well, this person's taken me at my word. And that was his response to me. Like, well, you said, yeah, I took you at your word. Problem was I needed to say no. And I really struggled doing that. So I had to step outside my comfort zone, not let it get to a place where I'm angry about it or agitated or burnt up because then my response is going to be hurtful or maybe just a little over the top. But it's okay to say, no, I, I can't do that. I have other things going on. I have other commitments. And sometimes it's okay to just go, no, I don't want to do that because that's my time where I'm resting. I'm recharging. Maybe you got laundry to do. Maybe you want to catch up on a show. All that's fine. So it's all done in balance. So we got to make sure that we get outside of our comfort zone and do these things. The next thing, and this has been huge for me since uh, the last six months, is sugar, cutting sugar out. Now, we just passed Halloween a few weeks ago. I did eat some Halloween candy, so I did have sugar, but I felt different because I haven't really been taking sugar in, and I felt different, and it wasn't a good different. I mean, it was good while I was eating it, of course. I love Reese's and all that stuff. Shout out to the peanut butter cups. But what I was finding was I felt worse. I was sleeping worse. I was waking up worse in the morning. My joints started to hurt again. And so for many years, I was drinking regular sodas. I was drinking the energy drinks and they're filled with just all sorts of bad stuff. And I love them, but they're just not good for you. And I cut those out and then I went to diet drinks because I was like, well, I know sugar's not good for me. And I've seen some of those displays where like, here's how much sugar's in a can of Coke. And you're like, geez. So I started going, oh, I'm going to drink the diet sodas. So it's huge on Diet Coke, love Diet Dr. Pepper. A lot of these energy drinks now are sugar-free, and I'm like, ooh, okay, no calories, sugar-free, let's go. I'm, that's what I'm going to have, and I started drinking them all day. I did it for years, and then six months ago, I go into my physical, you know, I'm in my late 30s now, and and what I'd found was my doctor was like, dude, are you taking in a lot of sugar? And I said, no, no, I drink the sugar-free stuff, and he just looked and nodded and kind of smiled, and he's like, well... A lot of times over a long period of time of taking those things in, your body actually starts to metabolize that as regular sugar. And the minute he said it, I knew it because I knew my body was holding on to that stuff. I didn't know why. And I was like, not even, wasn't even eating a lot of breads. You know, I was eating maybe some real simple carbs, but I wasn't eating a lot of bread. So it was important for me to look at and get that sugar out. And the reason sugar's bad is it affects your mood. It affects your brain chemistry. A lot of peaks and valleys on sugar. You take it in, you feel great, and then you dip down. What also happens is it's affecting your brain. It's a drug. And so your brain chemistry starts to alter. And that affects decision-making, mood, all that stuff. So we need to stay away from the sugar. The next is resentment. And keep a lookout. I'm going to do a whole episode on resentment, how to deal with them, how to work on them. I have some tools that I keep in my toolbox on how to walk through resentments and truly master them because resentments will keep us sick, 100%. Certain things will. Fear, resentment, secrets, those things will all keep us very sick. They will kill us on our journey. But in this case, with resentment, we got to move on from it. And what resentment is, is to refeel as it had just happened that intensely. But resentment is mostly 
correlated with anger, but it can also be pain. So here I am, I'm walking throughout my day, I smell something, I see something, a song comes on, I'm in a part of town, or maybe I'm just start that stinking thinking and I'm thinking about something, all of a sudden I'm resentful. I'm feeling this situation that just happened. And those are the times I make poor decisions. I act out over them. I maybe, I maybe hurt people because of them. Oh, you're gonna hurt my feelings, I'm gonna hurt your feelings, that type of stuff. We need to move on from resentment. Sometimes it's easier said than done, but it's practice that we need to do. This isn't an event. This is something we're going to do for a lifetime. So we work on resentments. And so I have some stuff in a toolbox. Like I said, I'll do a whole episode on resentments. But for this purpose, on what kills forward movement, resentment is a big one. Next is self-consciousness, right? So self-conscious, I'm real self-conscious about this. That stems from insecurities, which stems from fear. So we need to master those things. That's another one. I'm going to do a whole episode just on fears, how to work with them. Uh, Our fears will manifest themselves in anxiety. We will have anxiety. And I know a lot of people that come to me that I work with, even myself. I used to be riddled with anxiety. I mean, I just thought it was a normal way of life. I just thought that's what I was going to have. And I would have several days in a row with anxiety, then I'd have a good day. And then it flip-flopped, then it went to having several good days and a day of anxiety. Now, if I get anxiety, oh man, a couple times a year, that's pretty much where I'm at. And the days I get it, it's terrible, but I know something's going on. I'm in fear of something, I'm having insecurities, I'm having self-consciousness. Now, the reason this kills forward movement is just think about it. Fear should be classed with stealing, my insecurities, now I'm stealing from myself, the experience I'm trying to have. I mean, it's it's really just one of the worst things that we can live in, and a lot of us live in it daily, and I feel for us. So that's why we got to take action and eliminate those. But if I'm self-conscious, if I truly believe that I'm unlovable, that I'm undesirable, And my goal is to share my life with someone and have a relationship. And people are telling me, Brad, you got to put yourself out there. Maybe get a dating app, maybe meet people in person, join some groups, find some people with some shared interests. But if I'm self-conscious about myself, I'm going to go up. I'm going to, hi, I'm I'm Brad and try to introduce myself to somebody. I'm going to come off with a lack of confidence, which is, which, you know, is unattractive. And But the biggest part is the reason that's unattractive is because people intuitively know that you're self-conscious and you doubt yourself and you're living these fears and all this stuff. So we need to make sure that we do things, we work on it. Now, is it going to go away for the rest of your life forever? No, but we want to get better. We want to grow. That's what this is about. So if you have it all day, every day, well, then let's work on lessening it. Then maybe having it five days a week then three days a week, then two days a week. Like that's what we're working towards. And that's why this is a journey. It's not something we go and just sit down and do. It's just something we continually work on. And I take a lot of hope in that, that I get another shot at it tomorrow. It doesn't feel daunting to me. And I challenge you to look at your journey that way. So next is walking alone. This is a big one. This is a big one. I meet a lot of people and I'm like, well, who's your support system right now? Oh, kind of talk to my sister about it and I'm like whoa I mean dude we could bring people in not everybody but we need to have a few people if you have a counselor that's great I know that it's scary and I know that 
Uh, it takes a lot of courage to step up and ask for help. So I want to applaud that because that's amazing. But I'm talking about, are we walking alone on this journey? If I'm walking alone, the chances are of failure are much greater. When I stumble and fall, is there someone there? And I know that's scary for us. We don't need a hundred people. We need one, two, just somebody that we can talk to. Because a lot of times in my journey, I don't realize I'm changing, but other people around me do. So they hold up a mirror to me sometimes. When I started my journey, I, you know, started going through my transformation and people around me started going, man, you, you, you look different. Like, what do you mean? They're like, your, your eyes, they just seem lighter. And that started giving me more motivation. Like, oh, okay, like it's working. Something's going on. It's like the same thing going to the gym. I don't notice it. I look at myself every day and people go, hey, man, you're starting to look good. Oh, okay. It gives me a little bit more motivation to keep going. A lot of people say that's wrong. You shouldn't use other people. Well, I don't agree with that. I need people on my journey. Now, I'm not out polling everybody, but I have a few people in my life that say, hey, man, I really noticed you're working hard. You were really kind and loving today, and I really appreciate that. And it's like, oh, dude, that's that's what I want to be. I grew up rough and tough. I grew up fighting. I grew up in the sports player, south side of Buffalo, New York. And, you know, my journey has been about becoming a real man, which is someone that can communicate, someone in touch with their feelings, someone not afraid to cry, someone that helps others, that loves others, that supports others, that shows up. That, that can be relied on and counted on. And it's been a journey for me to get there. And some of the best compliments I've got is like, oh, he's a good man. He's very kind. And I'm like, yes, that's what I'm working for. And I want it to be a genuine change, but I need people. So don't walk alone. Next is unrealistic expectations. Now, this is a huge one for me. I remember uh, early on, I was dating this girl and she was the one. And we broke up. And a lot of it was just because I'm immature and couldn't handle it. I was in my 20s. And what I found was I was devastated. I went to a really dark place and I needed to work on moving past this. Well, I was doing all these things that I'm telling us not to do now. And I was just prolonging this period of getting over. And I even went and saw a counselor. My counselor kept going, why are you pining over this situation? Because now we're like months out and I was still just as devastated as day one. And he kept asking me, why are you pining? Why are you pining? And one of the things I had was unrealistic expectations. I thought after two weeks, I should have been fine. I should have been back out in the market and meeting my next true love. And the reality was, is every time I wasn't getting fine as fast as I wanted to, it made it worse. So we need to have realistic expectations on A, but this is a journey. It's going to take some time. B, it takes effort. C, it's my responsibility. No one else is to change. So I got to take the actions. I can never negotiate with myself. I like to negotiate with myself all the time. Oh, I can just do this. And I'm going against the things I'm trying to change. So I need to have realistic expectations. Like, hey, this is going to take some time. This can take effort on my part. I got to stop blaming others. Like all these things that go on for helping me change. So I have to have realistic expectations. Next is I need to have some self-awareness. So lack of self-awareness will kill our forward movement. What I mean by that is sometimes I'm like a tornado running through people's lives and I don't even realize it. So I need to take exercises and do exercises on having better self-awareness. 
So again, that kind of links back to not walking alone. We need people to hold that mirror up. We need some people that love us, that you give permission to hold you accountable because that's a big part of this growth. But also I need to make sure that I'm doing some writing exercises that helps me kind of spot check my day. Like, how was I today? Because a lot of times I can get real justified on being sharp, being angry um, with people, and that's not okay. And I see it a lot. There's a lot of bad information going around. You see it on social media. There's books, and it's like, well, you know, I'll have people tell me the truth, and it's not very kind and loving. And they were hurtful about it. They're like, well, I was just telling you the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts, and it's like, I get it. Well, we still need to be kind and loving. And they get to act that way, but do I want to act that way? And the more I act that way, we're actually taking actions that are hurting others. Every time we're being selfish and we're hurting others and that's what we're doing, we're actually putting ourselves in a position um, to not grow and we're actually um, moving in the opposite direction. So we want to have self-awareness. Other ways self-awareness will help is like, well, I'm feeling this way right now and when I feel this way, I usually like to isolate and I need to act as if act my way into right thinking here. So I'm going to set up a coffee date with a friend, even though I don't feel like it because I'm so self-aware knowing that if I don't get out and do it now, then I'm going to find myself maybe back hibernating in my place, just sitting with my dog, watching Netflix, feeling alone and lonely. So self-awareness is going to be huge. Next is not continuing to work on yourself. It's a huge one. Take a second on that. It's not just quitting, because obviously quitting is going to affect us. But the continuous action, that's where a lot of us kind of fall short. I'll work with people and I'll be like, okay, you know, it's like, well, I spent one afternoon doing some spiritual exercise and I don't feel better. It's like, okay, in seven days, you spent 45 minutes doing this growth exercise, this emotional exercise, and then the other days you just went on doing your thing and you don't feel better so have we done enough now i don't think it needs to be all day every day but i think we need to take action every day on this growth and it doesn't have to be grand it could be little it's like today i did something for myself i went for a walk you know put on a podcast did a guided meditation you know i was there i did something kind for someone else i like to live in this 24-hour idea that, well, just for today, I'm going to do something nice for somebody. I'm going to take this this action towards growth. So those are things I wanted to talk about that are going to kill forward movement. Obviously, there's a lot more. There's a lot more specifics. I didn't want to quite get into those. I wanted to get into something that everyone, no matter what point of their journey they're in, they can actually address those things, and they're going to see positive benefits. But just know that we're working on our hearts and our spirits, and this is a journey. In the practice, it's a way of life from here on out. So just know that moving forward, this is a journey. It's not something that you're just going to do once and feel better. It's going to be all these little actions that are going to build up on each other, and you're going to get profound results. So hopefully those things are helpful. I want to appreciate those questions I get from clients, friends, and listeners It really makes a difference. It helps me kind of hone in on some of the topics I'm going to discuss on the show. So it's been a pleasure speaking to y'all. My name is Brad Sullivan, and this is Purpose, Passion, and Spark. 
If no one's told you they love you today, I love you. Go out, have a wonderful day, live the life you deserve, love life, stay positive. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow.